Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by The Striker. We're your guides to the roller coaster that is FC Dallas fandom. We're in our fifth year of doing the show, which makes us the longest running FC Dallas focused podcast in your podcast app today. I'm Dustin Nation, and in this episode, we'll discuss the latest player transfers, the 1 1 draw against RSL, and we'll try not to talk too much about the 4 0 loss uh, to Nashville this past week. Back with us after summer break is our resident nuclear physicist genius, Nico Mendez. How's it going, Nico? Going pretty well. I'm all nucleated and physicist out. All right. There's a proton joke in there somewhere. We'll find it eventually. Um, Also joining us is the radio voice of FC Dallas for 2020. He uh, is taking FC Dallas onto the airwaves off of mixler and into the am dial it's sam hill sam hill how's it going sam i'm doing quite well thank you for having me on your program oh man we're happy you're here so uh let's let's just start with with the fc dallas radio and what you guys got going on over there um lots of changes this season uh i mentioned you're on the am radio what else is going on with the with the radio program so the, that's the big change. Uh, we're partnered with iHeartRadio this year to bring, basically since July 4th on, uh, we're on Talk Radio 1190 and the iHeartRadio app. So you can hear us both locally and all around the world. Uh, I'm waiting to find out where the furthest place somebody has listened to an FC Dallas game. I'm hoping somewhere really good. But we're doing full coverage, you know. Uh, Tyler Kern, who did it for a long time before me, did a fantastic job. But as the team is growing, you know, new coach, new era, we decided the new radio broadcast. We're doing full 30-minute pregames. We're doing a halftime show, and we're doing anywhere from a 30- to 60-minute postgame show. Myself, uh, Mark Follow and Steve Davis when they're there. Uh, if, if Mark isn't there, it'll be someone like Owen Newkirk, whoever the, whoever the broadcast team is for the day comes and joins us. And on the advice of Steve, we started turning it into a podcast so people can hear it if they miss it live. You know, we got a lot of 8 o'clock games when we're on the West Coast. It's 9.30 our time. People can wake up and have their morning coffee on Sunday or Monday with uh, with the postgame show and get everything they need. They get caught up, and it's a nice little primer on the game. So we're trying to we're trying to super serve the FC Dallas fan with as much content as possible. And there's rumors of more coming. You know, there's a lot of cha- there's a lot of change in the air right now with the MLS media deals, how they're going to erupt, and we don't really know exactly what it's going to look like. But I, if I had to predict. I would say it's going to be good for the FC Dallas fan because I think we're going to see more content coming forward. That's not a promise. It's just a hunch. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, some might think of your podcast as a competitor uh, to us, but for God, me, I that's more, that is more like more FC Dallas content for, for all of us to listen to. Bef- like get the post game show on the weekend and then on in the week, get your, get some hot takes from Nico Mendez uh, in your, in your podcast app later in the week. Uh, one thing that I think was really funny, you and I had a discussion about this. You mentioned, um, and because we're FC Dallas fans, we got to complain about something, right? Um, you, we mentioned like I, we're all happy about the expansion of FC Dallas Radio and like how awesome the new stuff is. But you, um, you mentioned how far away people 
can hear the 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 broadcast. The irony is that at night it's really hard to hear the broadcast at the stadium. It's it's a little strange. So for for context, and this is going to be a little bit of radio nerddom. So I apologize for those <laughs> who are not super into it. But during the day, eleven ninety, which is a long tenured station in the market, has a fifty thousand watt signal, which means you can hear it pretty much everywhere. And I was told by their ch- chief engineer, it goes all the way to Oklahoma City. So, like theoretically, Dallas could be the Texas and Oklahoma team if they really wanted to, and, and that's you know I think part of their master global domination plan. <laughs> but at night, because AM radio is uh, is weird and strange, and they're probably trying to do certain things, they power down to about 5,000 watts, which means with the towers being, if I'm not mistaken, in Rockwall, the the signal area shrinks considerably because it shrinks to a tenth of its power, and it just changes the area because they're using different towers during the day than they are during the night. So if you're in, like, East Dallas, you can do pretty well. Like, if you're on the tollway, you can do okay, but there's certain parts of the area where it's just a little bit of a struggle. Which is why we're glad we have the iHeart app because we think that's where a lot of our traffic comes from. People can just tune into the app, and it's it's no big issue. It's gl- it's good to have both, but it is a little it's a little strange. It's it's when I first learned about it, I was like, that's interesting. Uh, luckily, <laughs> like on Saturday with the two thirty matchup for Minnesota, you'll be able to hear us loud and clear on fifty thousand right. pure watts. Like, and then we've got a call. I think we've got at least one more day game coming up. So. Uh, it's you know, it's just the way media is. It's a. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I don't fully understand it. I'm not smart enough. You've got a nuclear physicist Science. over there. Science is the reason. He can probably explain it. You only maybe you need a radio scientist. I don't know. I am definitely not a radio scientist. I'm a radio child in many ways, but I enjoy it. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a weird thing, but it's uh, that's why again, super glad we have the app available to us because that's incredibly helpful and it makes life a lot easier. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Um, thanks for that little bit of, of wisdom. So if you're having trouble listening to the radio on the way out, uh, like me, I, I was a little surprised and Sam explained it to me and now he's explained it to all of us. So yeah, it's nothing um, on our control. Just pop up the <laughs> app and, and enjoy us or just catch us the next day. We're not picky. There you go. All right. Well, shall we dive into a little bit of FC Dallas stuff here? Like exit radio nerddom and go into FC Dallas nerddom. I mean, I thought we were going to be talking about, like, T-Grace or something. I was prepared for a totally different show. <laughs> All right. Well, that is that is one, one bit of news. We'll get, to, we'll get to that here in a second. The The biggest news coming out um, since our last episode is a little bit of – there's two bits of roster change that's happened. Uh, we'll start with, with Sabak Shun transferring out to a name who – a club in Europe whose name I can't pronounce um, – so the the Hungarian cowboy is is no longer. Any surprises there from y'all? I mean, for me, no, not really. Uh, it's it seems pretty well known now that he was going to be transferred to the same club, uh, roughly a month ago when the when the MLS window was still open, but finances got kind of weird. Uh, there was a story in Hungary that was written that said that this club was trying to sell a player to Shakhtar, and then that club was trying to sell player to i think it was either spurs or chelsea i can't remember which one it was one of the london clubs but because those transfers were all being hung up that none of the clubs had the money to do what they needed so like until Dantes sold the player to london they couldn't afford the player from shun's new club and then shun's new club couldn't afford the transfer fee from dallas so once that all finally got straightened is when we saw shun go but i mean it's it's it sucks you never like to see a player leave especially one that's as well liked by his teammates as shun but 
new regimes come and it just seemed like you know for whatever reason and i'm sure nico has his reasons coach nico not our friend nico here i don't know his thoughts on shoon at all he may love him but you know they just didn't quite get along and those things happen you know coaches and players don't always get there and it clears an international roster spot which dallas really needs and it clears off some money and they'll bring some more into the coffers and it's it's a good for everyone. Shun gets to go play again because he wasn't playing here, and Dallas gets some some things in return. Nico, thoughts? I think Sam did a great job summarizing kind of the overall sentiment. I remember, at least for me, it was a player that the club was really excited to bring in. Um, it felt like there was a lot of potential, a lot of hype around it. And one of the quotes that I remember from when they announced Shun was, there was some competition according to Dan Hunt with some really big clubs one of them that he mentioned was Chelsea so it seemed like it was a player that really could have um, been the typical okay we find a (laughs) a low risk high reward possible possible opportunity there but you know that's kind of the the business of the sport so wishing him all the best there yeah it's a little sad to see another European player uh come to Dallas and not work out. That's what three now between the Bulgarian butcher, the uh, Cobra and, and the Hungarian cowboy. Maybe we just need to stop giving them crazy nicknames and just let them be their, their actual name. And, and maybe they'll work out then. I mean, it couldn't hurt, could it? But I do think it's, (laughs) it's interesting. You mentioned the European aspect of it. Cause if you look at the business they did this off season, I mean, obviously Martin Paz seems to have gone pretty darn well, but they stuck to, more of the waters they knew. They picked up two players from MLS and Sebastian Legette and Paul Ariola. You went back to Argentina for Alan Velasco. That seemed to go pretty well. Three MLS players when Marco Farfan. How did I, how could I forget the most underrated deal they made this year? So I think they this organization in many ways has learned a lot about how they want to build and what players fit well, especially under Nico. And there's going to be more churn coming. Like Shun will not be the last player that leaves, you know, because new coach is going to want his guys, but I would be not surprised, but I'd be a, a little taken aback if we see another expo- export from Europe that isn't a guaranteed thing. Like, Shun was a project. He was a young player. Like, if they're going to go get someone, it's going to be someone in their closer to their prime. It's a little bit more of a sure thing, probably in that 25 to 28 range that they know is going to fit. But I would see, I don't expect much European action unless it's a player that previously played in MLS that wants to come back after going to Europe. No, that totally makes sense. All right. Uh, the other bit of player personnel news broke today. Uh, Bernard Camungo has signed a professional deal with FC Dallas coming straight from, from high school to a open tryout with North Texas. It's been a, what, two years at North Texas yep. and came right on to FC Dallas. He's moving right on up. Uh, Nico, let's start with you. You are a North Texas aficionado. You are an, our North Texas liaison, if you will. Uh, give us this, like, what do like? Tell us about Kamungo and maybe give us a little bit of a scouting report on him. Um, I think what most people are familiar with him, right, is uh, coming from the refugee camp, being from Tanzania. His brother making him do this tryout. Um, you know, friend of the pod, John Arnold, has a really good cover piece on him. Uh, but I think really kind of one of the the biggest highlight and the bi- biggest success of his story here is the whole open tryout aspect. Um, 
doing well with North Texas, and that's kind of really the biggest key. Uh, in in the time that he's been with North Texas, each season he's made significant improvements. So just from making the tryout, um, I mean, Garrett has also, you know, through conversation, Garrett Melser has mentioned quite a bit of things when he did that tryout himself, saying like, oh, wow, this kid really like made an impact. And it was funny, Eric Quill was really upset at that tryout when he saw Bernard because in Eric Quill's whole gist on that aspect was how in the world has this kid not been in any form of developmental soccer other than just high school soccer. Um, and it kind of, you know, if you can go into the whole pay to play aspect of it and soccer, whatever, whatever, that's a whole, we don't have time for completely, that that's a completely different pod, right? <laughs> um, yes. but the, it's, it's really key that, there is a player that has come from North Texas that has made significant improvements over time. I mean, this year he's absolutely tearing it up on the wing, um, kind of like how Ronaldo Damas did that very first year, right? Um, making really good combination players off the uh, off the wing, and then also scoring. Um, him and Hope Avellevu have been an excellent combination duo up in the front for North Texas, even. With the arguable drop-off in competition level, that is MLS Next Pro. Um, and, you know, kind of go off a little side tangent on that. It's also, Bernard was never phased with the physical aspect or kind of the veteran experience that you saw in USL League One with uh, some of those older players on other teams. Greenville Triumph, for example, or Chattanooga Red Wolves. Um, he has done really well to to adapt Uh and it has been, yeah, to use the cl- one of the club's favorite phrases, it's been a process <laughs> with uh, Bernard. But he's he's adapted really well. So um, there's absolutely quite a bit of potential here. Re- really tenacious and really um, focused player. Uh, kind of from the aspect of being the a journalist, right? It's also been <laughs> kind of nice to see how he's gotten a little bit uh, used to the whole professional soccer aspect of it. And, you know, you you start talking with him and he gets a little more comfortable. Um, and every time you talk to him after the game this season, he's just 100% bought in. Um, my favorite moment of this year is the very first penalty shootout that North Texas had uh, against Tacoma. And I remember Bernard coming up to take his penalty and I started to see that ball lift and I thought he shanked it and it was going to go sky high. No. And he told me after the game, he was like, no, I had that upper 90 nailed and I was going to nail it. And he did. It was such a really good penalty, really gutsy penalty um, to keep it PG here on the show. (laughs) A really gutsy penalty that he he took there. So a lot of potential. Um, It will be a really big step going from the third third tier here in in u.s soccer to mls it's going to be a whole lot massive massively more physical it's going to be i i don't want to say massively tactically difference um but there is going to be a step up in like the importance and roles of tactics and being aware of okay this is what kind of my role is and you know reading the game and it's going to be a very much faster game as well um so really exciting but it's also going to be quite a big jump up for him as well yeah, I, I can expect us to maybe see some like end of end of game minutes if just to kind of get some feeling out. I don't expect to see him much this season. Is that where you guys are at? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Um, it's it's funny. Back in July, when we were, myself and and Mark and Steve were talking to Nico after training one day, and we were kind of talking about just general transfer ideas. You know, where do you think the club's at? What are you kind of looking for? 
And just kind of out of nowhere, he mentioned Kamungo's name as like a guy that they were keeping an eye on. He only mentioned one player out of the NTSC, and it was Kamungo. And that doesn't mean he doesn't think well of some of the players down there, but just at that time, it just kind of came out of nowhere. We hadn't heard him mention him all throughout the season, and he just kind of drops it on us one day. And that's when we we started to kind of think, okay, hey, this is uh, something to keep an eye on because when the first team coach mentions you out of almost nowhere, it's probably a, a sign to keep an eye on him. So I, I don't expect much from him this season in the way of time just because I think this is a squad that has its rotation set pretty clear, for better or worse. It is what it wants to be. Um, I think Kamungo will get some first-team training looks as that goes. I think that's really going to be how it looks. Uh, he'll probably be added to the roster just because the roster freeze is coming up, and it's better to have him and not need him than need him and not have him on that roster to be able to register him in general. But I think this is a long-term play for them. Um, if you want the hot take, if you want the scorching hot take, I think this is the offseason. You could see someone like Hot Air Oprion be moved on, and Kamungo takes that backup right-wing spot from from Paul for Paul Ariola. That you know that uh, he's going to be cheaper just on his contract. Oprion makes a lot more than Kamungo will. He's younger. He's a product of the academy, and if Paul gets injured anyway, you're already in in deep water. But Kamungo is a very talented young man, as Nico detailed quite well. Uh, he will need time to adjust, but I think that adjustment period will look something like Velasco's. You know, Velasco played in the league in the in the Argentine league where it was a lot of one v one, a lot of physical skills, not so much physicality. Where hey, I can dribble around you, I can run past you, and he had to learn. Hey, these dudes tackle here, and they get physical, and they're going to put their shoulder into you, they're going to put their knees into you. And we've seen once he's figured that out, and once they figured out how to use him, he's adapted quite well. Kamungo will probably go through a lot of the same thing where he'll have to get used to that physicality because it's just a whole different ball game. But once he does, I think he'll be a, a very quality MLS winger. Um, is he an all-star? I, I don't know. His ceiling could certainly say so, but I think if he's serviceable ML, you know, MLS player for a decade, that's a huge win for this academy. That's just tremendous. Yeah, the pipeline, as they say, yeah, is a trend to lay. But all, he didn't go through like the the full pipeline. He dropped in one of those Mario um, pipelets inlets in mid mid level, and then and then kind of went down. It's down truly found treasure for FC Dallas. Like he shows up to an <laughs> open tryout, and they're like, "Hey, look at this! Look at this! It just dropped into our laps." And now look, he's going to be an MLS player sooner rather than later. It's awesome. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, very cool. Very I cool like story. You mentioned uh, the pipeline. Oh, sorry, Dustin. Just really. No, quickly. go for it. I was going to transition, um, but like I'm all about pipeline talk, so keep going. <laughs> Plumber Dustin over here. Um, <laughs> I kind of like how you mentioned the pipeline because I guess I mean you said I have I make hot takes, so I got to come up with a hot take. But my hot take is, I th- in some regards, I think he's more of a success story than Ricardo Pepe, um, and I say that because <laughs> we kind of all knew Ricardo Pepe was always going to be a homegrown. And it was, okay, North Texas is an opportunity. We just need something to show proof of concept. I mean, North Texas, and within half a season, already moved up into FC Dallas. Uh, I think Bernard's a really good success story in the fact that it's kind of the whole very start grassroots, build up a player, and then actually move them on to FC Dallas after they show some success at this um, developmental level. Yeah, very cool. All right. Uh, the other bit of news that, that broke this week, um, I think it was the, um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, was that FC Dallas will be playing Tigris uh, on the 24th at 5 p.m. at Toyota Stadium, kind of a midseason friendly. Um, I don't 
I think we'll maybe hold off talking about that till till a later date. I know Sam said that uh, he wasn't ready to talk about T Grace. I am nowhere near prepared to talk about T Grace right now. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I think that's a it's a cool way to get fans to the stadium. Uh, I don't expect much. Like I remember when a couple is it Valencia came uh, a couple seasons ago. Um, Was it no? I don't remember one of this Sevilla teams game. Sevilla, there we go. and just a kind of a cool thing to get fans to come out midweek, um, and you know, get get another rep for the for the guys. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that probably more in detail later on. Maybe maybe John Arnold will, will come on. He's a our a friend of the pod that is follows Liga MX. So maybe he can come on and and, and fill us in on what we can expect. So uh, stay tuned there and 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 uh, yeah. All right. Um, we will transition to talk about on the field play now. And we're going to, is there anything to talk about with the Nashville match? FC, FC Dallas lost four nil midweek last week against Nashville in Nashville. Do we need to spend much time there? No, no. Okay. <laughs> there we go. A match happened. Um, FC Dallas lost. And then now we're going to move on to the real Salt Lake match. Uh, it was on Saturday against real Salt Lake. Ended in a 1-1 draw. Goals in like the seventh minute from Alan Velasco. And uh, then the equalizer came in the 69th minute from um, RSL off of kind of like a a cross into a header into the back of the net. So um, there's there's, um, three of us here. Let's go ahead and go round robin and, and just kind of point out the thing that stood out to you in that match. That that you want to talk about for the match. So Sam, you're you're the guest here today, uh, which means you can get get us started. And that way, if you p- take one of our things, we have to scramble. I'd be very surprised if I take your thing because the thing that happened was a singular incident for me. So uh, Facundo Quinone returned for this match. He got some run uh, after Edwin Surreal played just so much in his absence with Facundo out with his abductor, ab, whatever his injury, what his midsection injury. Uh, unclear. I cannot remember what it is for the life of me. But if you go back and watch around the 89th minute at the end of the game, we see a situation where uh, there was some foul that wasn't called by the by Ramy Tushan, and it got kind of iffy there for a minute. And Velasco, who was carrying around the yellow card, goes right up to Tushan, and he does the hands behind the back, like I'm I'm going to yell at you, but I'm not going to keep my hands away from you. <laughs> and he's carrying a yellow, meaning you know that he might be suspended if things go poorly. But then Facundo runs over. And shoves him out of the way, and like literally, like go back and watch. He like puts both hands on his arm and just goes zoink and shoves him out of the way, and then starts yelling at the referee. And uh, the veteran awareness of Facundo to go, hey, I'm not on the yellow card. You are. Get out of the way, rookie. Like I will take this problem for you. It is something that you know Faku's had an up and down season, but to see him back and have that veteran awareness. And just the stuff like that is, is very indicative of what he's very good at as a player. The awareness aspect of, of his abilities on the pitch, just the game situation in general. I mean, is he as athletic as Edwin? No. Can he run as far and as fast? I would be very surprised. Um, that's not really a knock. I can't run as far, far or as fast as either. I don't want to. But like, it, it just kind of no one's chasing me. No, not yet, at least. Uh, hopefully not. But. It just showed that kind of veteran acumen that Dallas is going to need in this in the postseason run if it comes, because the, you know the, they've got a very young team. I think it's the fifth youngest team by minutes, even with Legette in in the lineup. 
So like having Faku in there just from the standpoint of he has seen some stuff and he knows what to do. Can he always execute it? Maybe not. Like 50-50, 60-40. But I think that was a very good demonstration of like what having that sort of veteran leadership, that very experienced soccer mind is going to be helpful. And maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing, but I just in a game that was tire irons and crowbars and in a very intense game, I just love that very light moment that was actually very smart by Faku. Yeah, kind of maybe a little bit of a double-edged sword with him um, just because, you know, you have to – when he's on the field, like you said, he's not – he's not – he doesn't have the same qualities as Sergio. Um, but at the same time – and so, like, you have to kind of – you can – the team has to kind of adjust to how to play with Faku on, on the field. Correct. Um, and sometimes that adjustment happens and sometimes it doesn't happen soon enough. And and things get a little ugly, but you do get that that veteran presence, and that's I totally agree. That is something that you you definitely need, especially as you're late in the in the season and trying to make a playoff run and a push towards um, towards the uh, home home field advantage. So, yeah, uh, Nico, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say no. It's a, and it's something Nico values a lot as well. That's why he starts quite a bit when he's healthy. Nico wants those grinders in there. He wants those those really skilled player, you know, those those dudes that have a great soccer IQ. And I think everyone's going to get there one day. But I think they definitely think of Faku as that guy right now at the moment when he's healthy. Yeah, it's a totally different player profile. Same mm-hmm. position, totally different player mm-hmm. player profile between Sergio and, and Kenyon. Nico, you have uh, one thing, or you want me to go next? I may or may have not done my homework for this game, but right. I guess um, kind of, well, looking at the highlights, right, and reading some other things, I guess for me, it would just be how taking a step back, looking at Velasco has kind of developed or adapted throughout this entire season. Um, Sam mentioned earlier how Velasco had to kind of adapt from the technical aspect. Oh, <laughs> You took mine. (laughs) (laughs) Quick keep talking so I can think of something else. (laughs) Where he's had to adapt from the style of play from the Argentine League to now playing here. So, I mean, even scoring really early from a a well-taken shot from from some distance through traffic. So, uh, credit to Alan there. Um, I think... Now, it, I think next season will be really ex- interesting and exciting to see how things will take off. Because now the whole squad will also have one full year under Estevez getting acclimated to his play style and really what the team wants to uh, be like. And even, you know, hopefully getting some playoff experience too and using that as some motivation for the players that um, will remain here. So nice to see kind of the overall development where Velasco was really exciting from that goal in his debut to some struggling to adapt now and it looks like he's on the up again yeah a lot of the players that we've seen have exciting debuts and exciting starts they don't turn it around after their the initial dip um thinking of uh the preseason with with uh vargas freddie vargas where we're like oh man this guy's gonna be awesome and then i think that's the technical term so um for me in that match the takeaway um besides the progression of Alan Velasco is um, I think it's, it's the investment in key pieces are, are paying off. Even if like, even if we did 
draw the match. If the, it, you didn't come away with all three points. But the investment in Martin Poss and um, and some other key pieces are are, are starting to, are very much paying off. Like that could easily have been a, a, a loss of three of what six points for FC Dallas in the, in the playoff race. If it, if not for Martin Poss, Poss, Poss Patrol, as as uh, we're we're calling it. Um, but well, at least I'm calling it that. But yeah, he he made. Save after save, kept it FC Dallas in it, and you know the the confidence that that guy gives the team is is immeasurable. And you know that's one of the key pieces. The other key piece, I think, and it's it's I think it's starting to pay off. I think that there's high potential there, and I'm very optimistic for it. Is um, the acquisition of Sebastian Legit in the midfield? Um, he got a, he got the assist on on that Velasco guild um, Velasco goal just by his pure tenacity to get the ball up field and into the, through the traffic to the point where he could get it into and make a play. Um, and that kind of veteran composure is, is something that we've kind of lacked throughout the past few years. Uh, so that, that's my takeaway. I mean, I, th- I think you're incredibly correct on, on Legette in that way. That's the big reason they got him and they've been tracking him for a while. You know, you look at the midfield. Obviously, Paxton's been fantastic, and but he's only still in the very infancy of his prime. But you've got someone like Siki, who's a little bit older, but isn't that same kind of player. Brandon has been hurt; he's been going through some things, and he's also not that same kind of player. But they're all under twenty-five; like they can't legally rent cars right now. That's it's its own problem. But Sebastian has been through the wars in MLS with the Galaxy, with with the Revolution. Well, not so much with the revolution. Their war ended very quickly, unfortunately, twice here. But he understands what's going on. I mean, he was he he was trained in a, in a Premier League academy for God's sakes. Like that's that's a pedigree that just Dallas didn't really have until they brought him in. But with him and Ariola, and you know, you've had Jesus on on just a scorcher. Like you're combining that youth and that the, the, all the things that come with that with those those experienced soccer minds, and that's that's a dangerous combination for for opposition. That's not me trying to say they're going to win MLS Cup or something crazy like that, but I think if you're looking at improvement over last year and gazing towards the future, like year one and year two for the squad look just incredibly bright, and that doesn't count for just the expansion of revenue, you know, whatever may happen going forward as the squad changes, the ceiling just higher and higher every chance you get. Yeah, new era. Yeah, that's that's what they want us to say. That, that is the copy point I've been given. There you go. Well, hey, we'll we'll parrot that. Um, all right. So again, FC Dallas doesn't get all three points, but I think with the performance on the whole, they're lucky to get one. <laughs> um, RSL and Minnesota play midweek, so there's some opportunity for drop points there from some some folks around FC Dallas in the table. FC Dallas currently sits. Uh, fourth behind Minnesota, but they've played 29 games, whereas Minnesota has only paid, played 27. Salt Lake has only played 27. Uh, they're in sixth. Nashville's right behind FC Dallas. They've played 28. So there's a lot of games in hand around FC Dallas. In the, in the, um, in the standings, FC Dallas is fourth. The top uh, second, third, and fourth get home home uh, first round home matches so uh you know everybody wants one of those because it's not a great league to play in on the road not a lot of success there so uh 
thoughts about the upcoming, I guess, um, the other thing is FC Dallas plays Minnesota in Minnesota on the weekend on the on September. So they'll be coming off a, a tough game against RSL. So a crucial game in the playoff race for FC Dallas there. So any thoughts on, on the playoff race, gentlemen, before we hang up the boots? Uh, Wednesday's match is extremely huge for FC Dallas. They need a draw there, if anything. Um, you can't really have either team getting three points, especially Minnesota. I mean, if you're ranking the outcomes, it's Minnesota, it's draw, RSL win, Minnesota win in that order. And three is just a valley from one and two. Like a Minnesota win is, is very dangerous for Dallas. Um, I, I think, you know, and then you've got Saturday. That's about as good an opportunity for Dallas to get three points. You're on the road against one of the hottest teams in MLS, but they will have played on Wednesday and you won't have not played since Saturday. So your full squad will be rested. You won't have to worry about rotation. Even with the PAX knock, which we haven't heard much about yet. Um, they, I don't know what they expect from him, but even if he has to sit out one game, which would be the expectation, it sucks that it's this one, but you would have to be want to be able to navigate around one player being out for one game. But if you can get three points in Minnesota, and it'll be very plausible since Minnesota will be the tired team, you're in a good spot because San Jose, Colorado, Kansas City are all on the on the, on the schedule going forward. You know, you got to deal with LAFC. That's going to be its own big issue. But if you can find seven points from those three punching bag teams, with all due respect to San Jose, Colorado, and Kansas City, they're not very good this year. You're probably going to be. You're definitely going to be in the playoffs. And I think the odds are very good right now. They'll be hosting a playoff game. That's my my big prediction. I think I think we get a home playoff game in Frisco this year. Hey, we'd love to see it. All right, uh, Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I I love talking soccer, as you can tell by the fact we went way over what you were looking for. And I apologize to your listeners in advance. It's all my fault, people. It's not Content. Dustin's fault. It's not Nico. It's not Nico's fault. It's all my fault. I take full responsibility. Hey, content is content, man. Um, we we uh, we love we love talking and listen talking and listening as well so um where can folks find you if they want to hear more and subscribe to your newsletter uh besides fc dallas radio which we talked at the beginning yes please go to your podcast provider of choice type in fc dallas radio you'll find the podcast feed for the post game show um if you want a lot of fc dallas and a lot of everton thoughts and i'm sure something else that'll make you unhappy at the samuel hale on twitter um, you can find the stuff there and we post everything we do there, pregame shows, halftime, postgame. You know, if you're not sure when the game starts, you can follow me. That's a very good instance because I'll probably tell you at some point during the day. Um, but yeah, if you ever, guys ever, if, you know, you guys being the listener, the royal you ever has questions <laughs> about our broadcast, FC Dallas in general, or you just want to yell at me about something I've been yelled at before, as a man once said, uh, you can find me on Twitter, the Samuel Hale, and I'll be glad to field your yelling, your crying, your celebrations. Let's all get emotional together. This is 2022. It's, I'm here for emotions. It's the FC Dallas roller coaster, man. Yeah, brother. It's it's the experience. <laughs> it is the full MLS experience. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Uh, speaking of yeehaw, man, it's good to have you back on the show, Nico. I so wish glad you could make it. A cool saying here in Michigan. What, what did they say in, say in Michigan? I have I no idea. Guys, let's go. Let's go to the lake, eh? <laughs> that's very Canadian. <laughs> it's very I was about to say that's more Toronto <laughs> than Michigan. I mean, I know they're neighbors, but <laughs> very Minnesota. Right. Episode of Letter Kenny broke out. Yeah, I think I think this is a good time to go ahead and and call call it time on the show. If you like the show, please um, 
please subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. Uh, if you got value from the show or you value what we do, um, we would love if you would return that value and by telling somebody else about us, um, maybe that person at the stadium next to you or your coworker or whatever, uh, just let them know, Hey, there's this podcast. These dudes kind of ramble on about FC Dallas. So, um, like we'd be totally grateful if you did that. So you can find us online as at Dallas soccer show on Twitter. We're on at Dallas soccer show.com as well as the striker.com tons of FC Dallas stuff going on over there as well as, uh, now they've added in LA galaxy, LAFC, Atlanta, uh, in addition to their Texas coverage. So there's lots of stuff going on over there. It's a good, well worth your, your, um, your money to go and subscribe over there. So, Uh, I'm Dustin Nation for Nico Mendez for Sam Hale. Thanks so much for joining us.